TriCast on this Monday evening. With me, as always, we have my co-host, Peter Ray Allison. Good evening, everyone. And tonight, our special guest, Galena Rin. Hello. Hello. So, Galena, we usually do the whole, like, in fact, no, because it, it seems that myself and Galena probably know each other. This, like had no idea we, we went to the same places when we when we grew up but for all those people who probably didn't go to the venue in belfast circa 1995 um <laughs> um who are you what do you do what's your thing my name is Galena Rin. I am the one human in the band Death and Gloria. I have an AI companion and I create rock music comic art and animations about the end of humanity that's right. Not one human gets out of any of my sci-fi stories. And then we spawn, respawn, and respawn, respawn, and start again for the next album. <laughs> so it's just you then? You, 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 just create, you, you just create everything? And that's a lot to do. I mean, that's just like the artwork, the music. How do you find the time to do all that? It takes me years, uh, years and years and years and years to do it um so basically i don't do every single part myself because that would just be mad and i'm really not that skilled so i animate it i write the it's like i write the theme tune sing, sing the theme tune. <laughs> i was gonna say uh, the same thing <laughs> Uh, so what do I do? So I come up with the concept, I do the story, I do the music, I produce the music, I record the music. I do have session guys that I bring in when because I can't play drums, all that kind of stuff. I have a mixing engineer because you shouldn't mix and master your own your own creations because that's just that's just bad juju. Um, and I don't draw the comics, but I do animate them and I design them for the illustrator. Um, I also have a script writer who is my mother because she used to write for 2000 AD back in the 80s. Ooh, so okay. What did she write? I'm she a massive, wrote, massive 2000 AD fan. Oh, that's cool. Uh, she wrote Medivac, um, 3, 8, Nine, six, eight. Oh, I've got it wrong. Three, one, eight. <laughs> Medivac, three, one, eight. Uh, Zippy Couriers, and she did a number of Judge Dreads, um, in circa like in eighty eight, eighty seven to ninety, I think. And okay, Nigel, yeah. yeah, Nigel Dobbin was her illustrator. Um, so Nigel mm. Dobbin became my illustrator, and then unfortunately he died. Um, twenty oh. twenty, uh, I want to say. Has, uh, she, has your mother ever been to the Lawless Comic Convention in uh, the UK? It's basically all about, um, well, started out purely as being like about 2000 AD comic, then kind of expands out to British comics. Uh, no, because she used to go to comic, right? So when I was a small child, I would go to Comic Cons with my mum. And nice. I don't ever remember her being booed, but she tells me that she was quite often booed and Nigel would have to stand really? up for her because she was the first woman to ever write um, for 2008. I think there's only been two. I could be wrong. Um, but she was the first one and people just didn't like her. <laughs> she wasn't violent wow. enough because she uh, believed that her characters should go through the wars and um, but without looking as if they go through the wars. So they were more mentally challenged are mentally um, destroyed rather than blood, guts, and yeah. arms everywhere. So 14-year-old boys weren't into it. So she got booed an awful lot. And it was the, I mean, it was the 80s, 90s. Yeah. We, we're not, I mean, we're far more, what is it, accepting nowadays <laughs> in some parts. Yeah, no, sounds, I'm really shocked at that. I mean, wow, it's just fucking awful. <laughs> 
Yeah, but well, that's but you know, uh, but she's a she's she's a great woman, and uh, yeah, she fought through she fought fights through a lot of stuff um, of that era. So she was one of the first female sci-fi writers, and that's yeah. I, I didn't even think about I would be a sci-fi writer when I was a kid. You know, I just find it really embarrassing that my mom was you know going to cons and my parents were battle reenactors. And no they go off. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, so like during the twelfth, like in Northern Ireland, we have the silly season. I don't know about <laughs> it now, but back then, you know, like the twelfth of July, there'd be riots and there'd be all sorts of stuff. And my parents would always go to Chooksbury and and reenact the battle. Holy War of the Roses, I think. Yeah, War of the Roses. <laughs> yeah, big. You know, what, apparently one of the, the bloodiest battles in English history, Chooksbury. Yeah. Chooksbury, yeah. Well, yeah, so the reenactment there is massive. And if you ever get a chance, you should go. It's just huge. But um, so they used to go to that. And I always was really embarrassed by the whole thing and just wanted to stay at home and do what teenagers do when their parents are away. Sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But now I appreciate it. As an adult, I'm like, yeah, writing sci fi is great. And like going to conventions is great. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I bet you they told you they were cool at the back and then you're like you're not cool mum and dad and then you, yeah. re- you realize begrudgingly that maybe they were cool and yeah that, i mean that's true my dad uh made model soldiers he had his own company making like actual you know like armies <gasps> like historical armies and stuff like that um yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm very into my Napoleonics and stuff. So I've got a lot of sort of warlords, um, Napoleonic stuff, epic. Napoleonics things because I yeah, really like my historical war games and stuff. Yeah, so now that he's retired, I think my dad just does uh, battleships. I think he just still uh, trains wow. ships. But... Yeah. yeah, so anyway, I thought they were really uncool when I was, uh, you know, a kid. But actually, you know, it's fashionable now to be into all of those things. And we were the <laughs> coolest family in the street. Like, I grew up around axes <laughs> and longbows and, uh, you know, armor and soldier soldiers and comics and all that see i think i like my dad was really into his history um but he you know my my mom wasn't really um and we you know as much as he was like we watched history documentaries and stuff like that i wasn't subjected so he was he was into computer games he's into computers and stuff but we didn't have like the super geek sort of kind of foundation like there wasn't axes and swords and stuff flying around the house with to uh which i think i would have loved i mean all like the suits of armor and stuff that would have been amazing just you know for me especially as a teenager because like i didn't become sort of like i was just happy to do nerdy stuff with my friends until pretty pretty late on and stuff. I, I don't think it is, and we had a brief conversation about this before the podcast. I don't think it was before until I got to the went to the venue when I was sixteen, I think, possibly sixteen or seventeen, um, that uh things started to change. But apart from that, I was happy enough just to do nerdy stuff and not think much of it. The mm. venue the venue changed me. The venue changed everybody. I love a good curry and chips. Now I can't get away from it. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a deep dive. That's a deep dive joke. That one. But do you do you remember the fact? Right. So for all of you, my myself and Galena, um, obviously come from the same area. She's from Bangor. I'm from just outside Cork, Fergus. But um, we went to the same heavy metal bar. Um, apparently at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. Um, and um. There's a place called the Venue in Belfast, non non-existent anymore. It got knocked down. I'm not sure what they turned it into, but uh, carp, flats. yeah, flats, yeah, yeah. And um, it used it because you had to have a for it to have a license to drink, you had to buy food. And so what they would do is you would go in, 
And so they could have their liquor license. You go in and you get this little sort of like chit. And it was for a burger or for some fries and stuff. So you paid your entrance and you got a little voucher and that got you a burger or some chips or something like that. And then they could have their license for drinking and stuff. So technically the venue was a restaurant. And uh, oh, So when I first, because I think I went earlier than you went and, yeah. you know, that just tells you how bad the place was letting in teenagers. Um, it's the only place to go in Belfast. But I think they only had a food license for downstairs. So you had to buy your drinks tokens on the ground floor and then take them up to upstairs. And it was like a pound fifty for anything in the bar. Oh, right. Uh, and you got a food token, but you could only pay for stuff downstairs because they didn't have a license. Uh, were you there the day they lost their dancing license? <laughs> no. Right, that was funny. That was so funny, right? They basically had lost their dance license. <laughs> so people weren't allowed to dance on the dance floor. So they cordoned off the dance floor. But obviously they need the place open because it was going to save them money. So we were all sat on the tables, all quite, you know, oh, behaving shit, I ourselves. Do, I do remember that. And then by the end of the night, everyone was just like on top of the table. Yes. Just, <laughs> I do. And actually, it just it, once you said it, once you said they cordoned it off, I went, "Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Yeah, this. It was. We used to go like Friday nights, and then Saturday was obviously the cock rock night and stuff. Now and again, we go on the the cock rock night and stuff, and uh, you'd have this sort of kind of old um rockers there like judging you these these kids running in here looking for you know hardcore and new metal and and stuff like this and they're like whoa that's not black sabbath that's not uh that's not motley crew <laughs> yeah, exactly right oh the place was awesome i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna be playing belfast with death and gloria for the first time ever the first time i'll be playing northern ireland properly without you know like I was playing my own house because no one else would put me up um and they're playing voodoo lounge on the like the 9th of november oh. or 10th of november voodoo lounge and is is that what is that beside what because it, it's been it's been it's been a long time you're since... asking me i don't know the answer to this i don't know i don't know where it is never been so i don't know because it used to be owned by Hugh morgan didn't it no he, that's the one in dublin i don't know right. yeah. i don't know I've been to that one, but I don't know if the one in Belfast is the same. It's, it's been so long. Maybe. Like even when I go home, I don't go into Belfast very often, like because I live out in the sticks. So I just go back and see my family, and then and then escape Northern Ireland again. But um, yeah. um, it used to be because it had Kitty Dailies, and you had the Limelight, and then there was the one beside the Lime, uh, but Kitty Dailies. I think they changed that, and I'm not sure if that or is Voodoo Lounge the one that was further up near Lavery's. I think it's up near Lavery's, but yeah. it's not. It's not limelight. I know that. It's yeah. Not the yeah. Yeah. Um. So when I play that show, I'm gonna be saying, "Oh, it's so great to be back at Belfast. The last time I was here, I played the venue on a Thursday night." <laughs> Five people. <laughs> well, man, we we played the venue years ago. Oh God, yeah, we played the venue. My 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 band was young and horribly bad. Um, when we, our first iteration, like we never changed our name, we just carried on, even though we were really bad at the start. We played there. So there's <laughs> pictures of us looking very boy faced and uh, and young and uh, loving it, thinking we were going to be massive rock stars and you know this was all going to be the big thing. And I I remember the guys. I remember like I think we were on. Uh, we played with like zero tone in, I think, and uh, them sort of there was something about a crying thing, and and in my mind it was like because it's going to be crying, that's it. We're going to be we're going to be rich. We're going to be rock and roll stars, <laughs> and this is going to be it. We're going to take over the world, and here I am working 
in insurance and um, <laughs> 41 years old and the band, you know, just it's a thing we do in our spare time. <laughs> I think I think they got into crying because they had a member of uh, Cypress Hill produced the, yeah, one of their songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and he it. was in Down. Yeah. And he was he was straight edge. He was on like like a sober kick when he came. They paid for him to come to Belfast and, and produce this like EP for them, and he, he, they got him so wasted on Guinness. Um, and he went when he got home. He was like back in touring with Down like two days later, and he set fire to an American flag in Texas and got arrested. Oh God! And the whole of Down and all of his family blamed Zerotonin for getting him falling him <laughs> off the wagon. <laughs> Oh God! Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> do you remember a band called? Uh, do you remember a band called Shakedown that morphed into Shakedown? Were sort of kind of like a rap metal band. Um, yeah, was, I do. Yeah, what was the guy? Uh, was it Fred? Fred, Fred. Yeah, Fred was the singer. I went out with him as well. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Looks like Galena's been out with every every lead man in 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 Belfast. It would seem. <laughs> Uh, I think I did. Yeah, definitely went out with him because I had we had a fall night. Uh, gyros. That's where oh, we gyros. Yeah, gyros. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say about gyros because um, gyros was my big sort of first massive drinking session. So we had the gyros, uh, which is the, what what's turned into the war zone center. I think um, I'd never been there in my life. We went. There was a band called M- <laughs> MMP um, who I freaking loved. Like they were like my favorite local band called MMP, and they played and we were you could bring your own booze and um it, I, you know i i copped off with a girl and i was just like i was just like oh my god this is the best thing ever i'm doing everything i'm doing this is so rock and roll and it just changed my life i was i just went from this guy who was in the rugby team who was trying to be something he wasn't to coming out of his his proverbial cocoon because of the venue and, and gyros. And I was just like, this is what I want to do. So I used to hang around St. Anne's Cathedral with all the skaters and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and uh, get really drunk. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so weird, right? When I, we, the gyros were the only place you could, you, that had a goth club, yeah. right? Goth clubs didn't exist in Northern Ireland. Like the metal clubs wouldn't play goth and no goth band would play anywhere because no one would put them on. So gyros would have a goth night once a month once a quarter maybe and we'd all get dressed up with wings and everybody in that room and i mean everybody bar none was wearing new rocks brand new new rocks because that's when they just come out and and uh malcolm malcolm was malcolm that was he the king king of the goths in in belfast malcolm oh we don't speak about him he's not a nice man Uh, we're not gonna we can't go into him we can't go into what he did we shouldn't even mention him uh very naughty man okay uh uh yeah, so gyros, and it's interesting for folks who don't live, who don't know Northern Ireland back then, but the like the DUP used to protest at the goth club in this, what was it? It was it was kind of like a, it was like a community centre. Yeah, it, it was, was a like com- a homeless kitchen. Yeah, there yeah, it was a community centre. Yeah. There was a, there was a, like a small recording um, studio there because I recorded my first EP in my college band yeah, in yeah, yeah. Jaro yeah, yeah, yeah. because Marty, Martin, who was the engineer there, was also the engineer for Bangor Tech and I went to Bangor Tech and uh... did music there so that's where we recorded our stuff in there. But yeah, the DUP would protest the goth club, goth night and it was just a bunch of kids that just couldn't go anywhere else. It seems so mad now when you think about it. I think we used to practice in gyros. I think because one of my mates bands used to practice in gyros and I think we sort of kind of 
there was a couple of places where we sort of kind of we practiced we <laughs> we practiced in um uh up cliftonville uh like the um football ground no no <laughs> what was it oh god it's been so long since i've been back i just you know it's like a big old abandoned like warehouse up there and um i remember playing in gyros i remember sort of practicing in gyros and just being an absolute dump but yeah i think we may have recorded like an early demo there at one point in time possibly Possibly. Yeah, it was ten pound an hour for the studio. Yeah, yeah possibly <laughs> with, with the engineer, yeah. mixed and mastered as well. Ten pound an hour, the whole thing. My five song EP my, from a college band cost me fifty quid. Oh god, <laughs> I love that place. I did. Like that being said, I did get dragged to the goth night once by my girlfriend at the time, and I hated it. It was horrible. It was just. It was just like because it wasn't for me. I was very much um, into sort of like my heavier music and stuff, and because it wasn't that, I was just like not getting it. It was just a lot of people doing the wavy tree dance and um, well, that was a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> the wavy tree dance, and yeah, and I got. I got dragged to a dance night there once as well by the same girl, and I did not enjoy that at all either. Um, I, I was very, yeah, so you, very. You know res- that meme of the, those goths dancing under the, yes, the bridge. That's exactly what it what it was like. But there was just like a room full of them, yeah. full of them, and it's in it's it's just so weird that that was like the only goth club that I could get to go to, and it was being protested. And now I I event manage oh, Europe's yeah. largest goth club. Oh, what, what do you manage? Antichrist. Oh, love Antichrist, and we have like two thousand kids turn up on our shows and uh, just take over, the, you know, a venue in Vauxhall in London. Wow, and it's just oh, nice. it's packed. And we've I've worked for them for like twelve years, maybe. I've been I worked for Torture Garden. I still work for Torture Garden on and off, but I've been with them like maybe eighteen years. So like Antichrist is probably fifteen, I think. How long oh, have you been wow. in London? How long have you been in London? I think you said you like met- twenty. Yeah, like 20, I think I've, uh, last year, last September, I have been in England longer than I've been, I was in Northern Ireland. Yeah, I've done, I've passed that milestone as well. I, I'm on 22, <laughs> nearly 23 years. So I've lived here longer than I lived in, uh, in Northern Ireland. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I'm still not English though. No, I'm not English. Well, <laughs> well see, my mum's half English. I did my heritage thing. Uh, so I did uh, one of those, okay. I, I did one of those, um, those history things where you get you do your DNA and stuff, and apparently I'm like fifty five percent English, fifty five percent English. I'm only seventeen percent Irish, and apparently seventeen percent seventeen percent Norse, uh, because my my mum's side of the family they were Normans, so obviously come from the Viking side of things, and then because my grandfather was Maltese, um, I had. I've got Turkish and Greek and uh, North African and stuff in there as well. So, yeah, but it was a very big shock that I was 55% English. <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> I was like, does it, does it change your DNA when you've lived here for too long? Is it, you know, do, you, do you sort of kind of gradually become English because you've been here? I've yes. Been over here. That's what it is. It, we are disease. <laughs> we're, we're we're an emigrant to Scotland pretty soon. I think we're done with London. London is good when you're young and you know you, you're happy to travel an hour to anywhere, and then living in London's great. It's brilliant, but after, when you know you can't be bothered to go five minutes down the road to the pub because it's too far and you'll have to think about getting a taxi home, then that's the time to leave. Yeah, I'm like Manchester is always like well, I live sort of outside of Manchester now, but it's all very central and stuff. So even 
when I was in Manchester, like you just walked to the pub and you walked back and there was no sort of, because it was all, it's not massive, like it's not huge like London, but it's not small like Belfast. It's sort of kind of a good, it's a good in between and stuff. So I've just sort of stuck around because, you know, it gets me, you know, everything's within distance basically. Even now where I live in the, the outskirts of Manchester, um, you know, it's like 20 minute, 30 minute drive, you know, or get a train, take me about 20, 20 minutes and stuff. So nothing major. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, why? Did, I mean, Death and Gloria, back on the track again. <laughs> um, reminiscing. Did of, reminiscing. Did, yeah, did that come out of uh, your managing of uh, Torture Garden and uh, Antichrist, or was it from other influences? Oh, it's got nothing to do with fetish clubs. Oh, you don't okay. want to, you don't want to bring in that into your artwork. No, that, the nightmares that come out of that. No, I'm joking. That's okay. Right. <laughs> the, the community is amazing. Um, no, I. So back when in the era that we're talking about here, um, back in Northern Ireland, I started my first band called Rizzo, and I have been trying to start. I remember. You remember R- my R- band? I remember right? Rizzo. <laughs> I remember Rizzo. Yeah, so that that's why you know me because of that band, right? Yeah. So uh, that was my band in college, and it was basically Avril Lavigne before Avril Lavigne came out. It was like it, Avril Lavigne came out like after our EP had come out, and I'm like, we need to ride this wave, man. Yeah, like we're nowhere close to being good good enough. <laughs> um, anyway, so after that, I just did everything to be in a band. So I, I have a degree in music management, and I went to uni just to get out of Northern Ireland more than any, anything else. I didn't really care about uni. Um, and then have been spending all this time trying to find band members to play with. And I've been through, I think I'm on to like number 17th drummer and seven bass players. I'm wow. kind of, I forget how many bass players I've had. And I basically. You've had more drummers than Spinal Tap. Everybody says that, but I've killed Drum- more of them. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Drummers are, <laughs> drummers are, are, are strange fish. We've had, yeah. we've been going. In theory, if we we count including now, like we, we're not doing very much, but we've been going since two thousand, so we've been going like twenty twenty two years, and we've had, f- I want to say one, two, five drummers. We've had five drummers, so not as many as you, but uh, yeah. Glean has had seventeen. Lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and I still don't have any permanent ones. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't find anyone permanently to play. So I had, I was just like, do you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. I'm just going to do the whole thing myself. I'm going to learn all the tech. I'm going to learn. I'll just play the other instruments. I'll just do it. And um, so I needed something to be on stage with me because I just didn't want to be like, you know, play my guitar and I'm singing down the mic. Oh, that's it. So I thought I'll have some projections on, you know, because I'm a, t- I, I've been a backline tech. I've been a tech and stage manager and worked in events. So I, I have a bit of, you know, gumption about me. So I was like, I'll put a projection on stage, but what will I project? Hmm. Well, live action's really expensive. I'll just do like comics, animated comics. That seems like that'll be a cheap option. It's not. It's not. Um, uh, so I thought I'll do some animated comics. So I'll need a story. And then I created uh, Death and Gloria. So th- the whole concept of Death and Gloria is there is a comic for every album. And that comic is animated into the music videos. And then I project those videos on stage with me and we act out the comic book um, from as the stage set. So um, these are... This is a, I never have the comic on hand when I do these interviews. I don't know why. It never, ever happens. So 
so basically this is an animation from this is an illustration of the first song on the first album and it has a QR code as does the comic book on on all the pages or most nice. quite a lot of pages so if you scan this which you can't because you know quality um, this will become an animated music video and then all the pages in the comic book become an animated music video as well and then I just I play that out so I have two stage sets essentially and one is the first album and the second one's the second album I can I created them so I can intermix the two of them. So if I have an hour long set, I can just like pick the best out of them. And audio wise, they'll sound quite, they're mixed the same, even though they weren't recorded the same. And there's a couple of years between them. How do you stay? Um, in, how do you stay in sync with her? Because we had um, Level Up Leroy, and he does sort of with his DJ and set. He has um, sort of animated music video, music. backing videos behind yeah. him as how well. How do you how do you keep in sync with it all? So I run Logic. Um, I run a logic file that runs all the back and track uh, guitar patch changes, lighting, DMX changes, and the video. So it just when you press go and it just goes. Oh, okay. Basically, that's so simple. I mean, it's so simple. Nerd. It's, it's getting a computer that won't crap itself every time you press <laughs> yeah. play. It's a problem. See, I, mean, I mean, so how would you kind of control all that? You see, you use the computer. Which one do you use? I mean, it's a Mac laptop. I mean, I've got. Oh. So I've got two. I've got. I've got one computer which is actually right beside me here which is this bad boy which is this is my stage computer so it's just a mac it's an old yeah, mac actually right, 2010 yeah. there are other computers that are available <laughs> um this one doesn't have anything but the show file on it so it's completely empty it does not go on the internet there are no plugins used on the show file you keep it really really small and you don't really have many problems yeah i I think we tried to do some fancy stuff with computers and, and patches and, um, and and pedals and things like that once, and it it it, it failed miserably. So <laughs> we, I think the worst that got to the point where we just sort of we had some like samples that we got the DJ, I mean the sound guy to play before and after and stuff. But yeah, we had some really bad experiences with with laptops yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So. Uh, we were chatting about a misfit a few weeks ago, and she was saying like, you know, she, she sends herself like, you know, having a very stripped down approach. Like, you know, she just switches between tracks. You've got like essentially a um, iPod connected up to the speakers, and then she kind of got like a little um, Bluetooth um, switcher on her wrist, and just kind of clicks onto the next track when she's ready. Yeah, I was talking to her today, actually. I was like, look, I love, can you tell me what this switcher is? Because I've been flipping looking for oh, it on Amazon yeah. for months and I cannot find it. And then she told me what it was. And I'm like, oh, that girl's a genius. Yeah, that, that, so, again, again, to go with that stripped down basics approach. Well, I, mine's not. I turn up as if it's like some kind of mini stadium event. I have an entire <laughs> go big or go home. It's the Northern Ireland stuff. way. <laughs> I know, right? That's actually the name of the tour that I'm doing in November. Uh, well, we can talk about that in a minute. Um, so I have like full stage lights. I don't use any in-house lights. My okay. original plan was to send ten channels of audio to a sound engineer, so the kick was separate snare was separate you know bass you know back and vocals yeah. all the all my stems were separate so that the sound engineer could uh, mix to the room problem is i don't tour with a sound engineer and 90 percent of the time the sound is awful and it's not mixed the way it's supposed to be because mostly like they don't know why i like it mixed right so and you never have time to tell anyone so i've just given up now and i have three channels and i've i've mixed my backing tracks to the way i want it 
So I just tell the sound engineer, so my main vocal should just sit slightly on top of the choir, not really high above it, but slightly on top of the main choir. And then once you've got that right, the rest, it, the whole set just does itself. Like wow. you don't even need to. I per, per, they have the best time with me because they have no work to do. <laughs> Literally nothing. Yeah. Just just turn it up. So um, how did, is it through Sci-Fi Weekend or how, how did you know Pete? How did you get sort of involved with with us and the podcast? So I actually, first person I met out of this whole scene of Rooney was Level Up Leroy. And he is uh, a right. man and we have to give big props to Leroy. I'm kind of hoping he uh, is listening because I love that man. How could you not? The guy's a legend. Levi's a fantastic guy. Really, really, really lovely. Yeah, really yes. nice so, so we met at um, uh, Con in Doncaster, I think, in 2019 called Warp Fest. Um, yeah. It was a one-off. I don't think the people who organized it will be doing that again. Um, and I provided all the staging. And so I brought all the lights and the PA <laughs> for some reason. Um and some other bands and whatnot and that's where i met leroy and then we he has been super kind to me and hooked me up with loads of contacts including sci-fi weekender so um over lockdown sci-fi weekender did a sci-fi in the sky sky yeah so they were new to live streaming and leroy sent them to me saying here she can tell you how to do everything so i basically showed them what i was doing and how to to use OBS and whatnot, yeah. but they kind of had it worked out themselves. But they just wanted Matt just wanted me to sit on the call in case something went wrong, you know, with the whole thing. So I was like the consultant in the back, <laughs> but I also got to play it. Um, and then that's when they let me get onto the show. And I'd been trying to get into Sci Fi Weekender since 2017 when I launched the band. It was like one of the first things I wanted to get on, and I just couldn't get a contact. I couldn't. Nobody at the at Chic Festivals answered anything, and you know, I think, you know, they get inundated with people wanting to play their shows. So yeah. I'm not I'm not surprised. That's not a dig to them, you know, just some wee band knocking on the door going, hey, I want in. But once you get in, you're in, which is amazing. You know, I'm in. <laughs> you never get <laughs> me. All leads, all roads lead to like, Sci-Fi oh, Weekender. I know. And I've played two of them. Amazing. Yeah, he did uh, last year in November and just done this year last month yeah. well, in March, sorry, not last month. I've got my timing still. Yeah, and then I'm playing um, uh, HRH Prague in the same in the Great Yarmouth thing in oh, November. Nice. And I, so what they had a somebody pulled out of one of their sh- one of their dates a couple of weeks ago, and we played the O2 Sheffield, yeah. which was amazing, and it was packed, and it was like, wow, this is great. Uh, so we're doing um, the HRH Prague again uh, with them, and then I, I hope to be back at Sci-Fi Weekender next year. And I've got some. Oh, the thing is, the Sci-Fi Weekender, you really have to like think about what you're going to bring to the stage because, like, it's it's the audience are the audience. There's, I mean, they're the same people quite often, which is great because that's how you build community. Mm-hmm. But you need to do completely different shows for them, and like I've already learned that I need to make specific merch for them. Because they have everything already. I can't turn up with the same old t-shirts I turn up in every show with. So um, I'm doing a comic book specifically for like November when I do the HRH prog. And it'll be a small off album comic book. Well, it'll still have some kind of soundtrack to it. But it'll be a little short one. Like a little mini one. Little mini one. So that's going to come out in November. And I'm releasing a covers single on the 23rd of July. Um, 
I am going to do a metal version of Bo Burnham's All Eyes on Me. Right, okay. Okay. It's recorded. It is in my sticky little fingers, and I just have to now wait almost three months to release the flipping thing. Uh, and we're doing a live action video, which is also new for me because I don't do that. I don't like being in videos. I don't actually like my face being on stuff. You know, I'm not one of those chicks that feels like their face has to be all over Instagram. That's just not me. You know, I'd rather do a Maynard from Tool and just like sit in the back with a big screen and like have your own wine. <laughs> he's got his own do wine. Those, he's got his own wine. Doesn't do he? Do the thing. Yeah, he does, but he's not a big drinker, so it's that's it, odd that he's. I think he just likes making like growing grips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Sorry, Grant. Yeah, yeah. I don't. He doesn't seem like a big drinker to me. Is what I'm saying. No, I don't no. think he is. No, no, no. But, no. but who, who knows? But oh, yeah, so, he has his own mind. Yeah. Oh, we have a comment which I've completely ignored. But um, oh, wow. Sam Sam goes ham. Says I've heard of liquor licenses, but never the uh, the dance license. That's not some something he's talking about the venue. Yeah, the like, venue. Yeah, <laughs> that, I I didn't know that it, that existed either. But it does, and I think it's got something to do with like the PRS license. Like if you have people dancing, I think it's got that's where it's tied in with. Maybe it's, it, yeah. Maybe. It's an extra fee if people dance to music that they're listening to in a restaurant. So a restaurant has music that everyone hears. Yeah. But but it's background music, whereas yeah. like dis discos would have music that you yeah. are specifically there to listen to. And I imagine that's where the that's where the license probably fell down. God. It's, it was such, it was such a small venue as well. <laughs> like the venue was a small venue. I remember I, I remember I'm trying to understand why would the DUP protest a golf club? Because the DUP <laughs> just <laughs> Because because that's just what they because, do. Because okay. That's because of the, you can't you can't write. They're the same people who wanted to have um, one of my friends who works for um, works in Stormont as a, a civil servant. What do you mean uh, they works in Stormont? Nobody works in. in <laughs> well, yeah, a civil servant who's doing the job for the politicians who aren't working in Stormont. Um, they basically uh, turned around and they had a visitor center for uh, the Giants Causeway that basically shows, you know, talks about how the Giants Causeway was created, you know, not by giants as, as, as the tale goes, but by, you know, tectonic plates and, geo you know, geology and vulc volcanic activity and stuff like that. But then the DUP turned up and went, yeah, you could say that, or you could just say God did it and have that in the visitor center, you know, because God created it. And I was just like, oh. come on, man. Oh. I'm all for people believing what they want, but fucking science is science. And uh, that's just what they do. And it's just, it's, it's nuts. It's, 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 it's nuts. It's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I, we had, I had, um, there's a, um, I had a, um, an interview with a, uh, a fella uh, he called Hugh Turpin, I think his second name was. He's uh, he works for Brun he's in Brunel. He's a he's a professor at Brunel uh, University, and he's doing a um, he's doing a piece, I think, on um, people coming from Northern Ireland and you know, either be you know just having no belief, you know, you know, and. W in talking about religion, so he's talking about religion and politics, and obviously how he was brought up in Northern Ireland and blah 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 and uh, i just ranted about creationism and the dup and northern ireland for about an hour i don't think he got a word in edgewise <laughs> he's just like uh, like this and i'm just yabbering on about them and uh yeah it was good for exercising the proverbial demons but yeah 
DUP man. There, there's no reason, no rationale whatsoever. <laughs> they are just who they are, and it, it's it. You can't. Yeah, no. it's. I think I think where those clubs were because you had the front page was across the road, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then where um the Kremlin, which is now the, <laughs> the gay. big gay bar in Belfast, <laughs> they were all on that road, and yeah. I think I think they just lived around the corner and would just cut like because. I, I'm because I'm from Bangor. It's like you would not stay around that area after a club finished. You just get out as fast as possible, and you go the, like into town. You wouldn't you wouldn't go near to down the other way because you know you get beaten up if you went that way. You had to like go down the other side of the road. I think they just lived around the corner and thought, oh, this will get my brownie points up. <laughs> I remember, right? So this is like I'm just going to be just more reminiscing I'm, and stuff. I'm going to get. If my mum sees this, she'll be like, "You shouldn't be saying that on online. They'll come into your knees." Oh my god! <laughs> I remember um, coming. We played a gig in the front page, um, and I remember driving back in my Nissan Micra with a with a car full of with every ba- bit of band equipment there was in this small Nissan Micra and there was passengers as well we managed to jam everything in and I remember getting stopped three times on the way back I got stopped by the army twice and I got stopped by the police um, and they're all asking me the same question and stuff you know like where are you going where's all this stuff coming in from and stuff like that and like people you tell people who are not in Northern Ireland from Northern Ireland about this sort of thing and they're just like what the hell is that craziness I was like yeah that was just what it was you know you just what it was but yeah yeah, just what it was but yeah it's (laughs) mad like all like all the areas so you had they had the front page obviously the cramming was up the road you had uh gyros which was across the way you had st anne's cathedral where everybody sort of kind of went drinking and um you know all the skaters and stuff were and then you had the venue which was just up by the bowling alley uh, and that was sort of, um, oh, yeah, and then you had Kitty Dailies and the Limelight and stuff. And that was sort of kind of your 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 little sort of kind of heavy metal area where you sort of kind of stuck around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there wasn't much to do. I no. mean, Banger, Banger was worse because he, if, he if you weren't able to go to Woolsey's, which was the only rock bar that would play anything, then you were on a pier with, like, there was like tennies all on a pier. Like, I'd be huddled to around. Pier. Like, <laughs> Yeah. huddled around like penguins punching your butt off <laughs> there was I, this is a ridiculous story but when I was really young there was um, like we're all on this pier and there must have been like I don't know 30 to 50 of us we were like you know, between the like 13 to 15 years old and there wasn't anywhere to go so you just all hung around the pier and there was these Norwegian trawlers had come in uh, and they were, were camped out in the pier for the night and some idiot had left the fish stock that they'd obviously just caught in like trays of ice on the pier and you know when we walked down the pier at the beginning of the night it was fine and then as we were all walking up the pier again in a different um state of mind shall we say um we got the boys got into the fish and there was the biggest fish fight you've ever seen in your life and there was this girl called vanessa who was trying to like get around the back of the pier to get away from the fish and she had one of those like duffel bags with a string attached you know the the arm of it's a string and this fish landed right on the string and she couldn't like let go of her bag and she wasn't you know and she had this fish and she was running around trying to get rid of this fish and it was funny 
You didn't come that's to Northern Ireland for you. That's what that's kind of fun <laughs> you have on a Friday night in Northern Ireland. What was the name Big of the What was the name of the shop? Did you because there was a shop in um, which sold all the baggy trousers in um, Banger and well not in Banger it was it would have been in Belfast. It was, oh, what was so it called? Fresh garbage was there the was one in fresh Belfast. garbage as well, uh, but there was yeah. another one. Um, the skater one on the corner. The skater one on the corner. And that's where I got all my baggy trousers from. And it's like everybody, and they used to get, they used to sort of get them from America, but they go and put them yeah. in their suitcase. And it was just like, there was very limited number and stuff. But I get my biggest, baggiest trousers from, what was that? I can't remember the name of the place now. Apache. Apache, that was it. Apache. <laughs> I, I asked, that was it, Apache. I loved that place. Like all, was, when I was doing. Sorry. It was the only place to buy road jeans. Yeah. Like, you know, in the 90s, it was very, very important that if you were going to a golf night, you had your new rocks. But if you were going to the venue, you had to have road jeans that covered your feet. Yes. And, like... <laughs> and then if it was wet, it would just sort of kind of start creeping up your leg. And it and was stuff. always wet by the time the venue had finished yeah. and everyone had spilt their beer all over the floor. And, you know, when they played that final song, which was generally Nelly the Elephant by the Toy Dolls. Oh, yeah. That was a cracking track as well. Or Barbie Girl. And all the metalers would just be dancing to that. That's the last yeah. song of the night. Oh, I think Spice Girls was a good fan favorite yeah, as well. Yeah, like Kenny. Yeah. Kenny would uh, play some very random stuff. He'd do, like, um, oh, what song did he play? What's the Iron Maiden song? Uh the Hills? No, 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 no. Two minutes to... Ah, uh, mid... Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because it go, went on to like yeah, yeah, he did, and then he'd say Happy New Year. And he'd, <laughs> it's like what? It's not even Happy New Year. What's the name of the song? It's not two. Is it two minutes to midnight? Three minutes. Two minutes. To I midnight? don't know what the song's. I can't, I can't remember not, the name I'm of it. I'm not a maiden fan. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Many, many fond <laughs> memories. Do you remember the? Uh, there was like they had a big skater festival. Sort of, I remember. Um, yeah, Deftones played it, didn't they? I think so, yeah, yeah. And Somebody was, quite uh, large played it. Yeah, and I thought and it was it, mad. Yeah, it was like in that big marketplace. Uh, uh, St. Anne's. Not St. Anne's. No, no. sort of up near... Scor- yeah, Smithfield yeah, is whatever yeah, it was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the train station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember going there in my big baggy trousers with my, my white light, <laughs> my white lightning and, um, you know, just getting really drunk and um, going, yeah, I could totally skate. My kids skate. I was just like totally into that sort of thing. But yeah. <laughs> When uh, the waterfront hall first, well, I don't think it was open, but they built it, and they had a they had like a Radio One roadshow or something in the in the car park, and Reef were the headliners. Yes, and Rhythm Digital, yes! the Rhythm Digital was supporting. Oh my God! Right, yeah, I have some. Right, I tell you about this. Right, so Reef, uh, so they had that big festival, yeah, and mm. they had this thing you weren't allowed to crowd surf, and um, I was obviously. Is six, 16, 17, I would have been 16, 17, something like that. Um, maybe sort of kind of verging on 18. Um, and I just like, I was like super into sort of like going to gigs and crowd surfing and getting drunk and just sort of like generally crowd surfing and stuff like this. But obviously in Northern Ireland, you couldn't crowd surf, they kick you out. So I crowd surfed and I got kicked out, but I realized that you could go all the way back round again. <laughs> so I did this like three times where I go out, I get kicked out and I come back in. And the last song that I crowd surfed for, um, and I was obviously pushed my luck, was Reef and Reef were on and I crowd surfed and then they dropped me on my back and I hurt myself and the bouncers who kicked me out for like the third time just looked at me and went you deserve that (laughs) 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 oh man yeah Yeah. it was good I mean that was random random nonsense I think I saw Bob Geldof at one of those uh, um, Radio 1 road shows as well 
Yeah. Back in the day in Bangor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember because I'd just come back from a rugby tour with school uh, from Glasgow, I think, or Edinburgh. And, um, or was it both? Right. Anyway, we'd, been, we'd done a rugby tour and I just bought The Burning Red, The Burning Red by uh, by Machine Head. And I was like super into that sort of uh, that mm-hmm. album and stuff. And uh, I just remember going to that concert and getting dropped on my back uh, to Reef because it was the heaviest sort of kind of, it wasn't even heavy <laughs> music, but it was just like, it's rock and roll. It's better than nothing because, you know, there wasn't many bands sort of going to Northern Ireland and stuff. So yeah, it was... <laughs> What was your first gig then that you saw? Like proper band? Oh and not God, just this is embarrassing. Uh, uh, Ocean Colour Scene was my first ever gig. Where was that? Uh, in, the Ulster, that in? in the Ulster Hall. In the Ulster Hall. Yeah. Ocean Colour Scene. And um, yeah, I, I didn't even like the music, but it was a gig. And in my it was ma- a gig. It was a gig. <laughs> in my mind. Well, it's like I, I saw Placebo more times than I can count simply because it was a gig and they played all the time. Like they were always playing. Um, my friends, like they would all want to go and see the Manic Street Preachers, who I hated. But I was again, I wasn't there for the music, for that sort of music. I was just there because, hey, there's girls here and they're drunk and I'm drunk and I'm 17 <laughs> and it's awesome. And that was it. And I sort of like, I remember going, going to a gig in the Ulster Hall and we'd all got our booze and we were like, we can't bring that in with you. And we're like, shit. So we like poured it into the sort of like, no, we put it in this bag and put it around the side of the Ulster Hall. Um, and we went, that's like, you know, we know where it is. Nobody else is going to find it. Came out of the gig. It was gone. And we're like, ah, oh, somebody took it. And then we bumped You're into this. you it wasn't blown up as a suspect device. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, the thing is, we bumped into this fella, we bumped into this fella um, at the town hall, city hall, and um, he, this, this homeless guy, and he was loving life, and he had these, like, this big bottle of white lightning uh, fill <laughs> and stuff, and we're just like, oh, we just lost all our booze. It's like, oh, I, I found a load of booze, right? I find a load of booze around the side of the Ulster Hall, and he'd, he'd basically obviously found it, and it was just like it poured it all into these like uh, white lightning things and was sitting there necking it and he's like you want some it's like yeah I fucking want some it's my booze <laughs> <laughs> that's what you get that's what you get but yeah, it was we didn't, we didn't we didn't even we didn't we just we let him have it and stuff because it was just amusing but yeah there wasn't many gigs like I remember I saw the Deftones um saw like when I was younger, there wasn't as many good gigs. I started as when I started getting to university, I started going back. More bands started coming and stuff. Um, my sister nearly got to go and see Nirvana when they play, but something I think she got grounded and couldn't go. <laughs> oh yeah, my, well, so, so like my brother, I won't go into that. But there was a fella I used to hang out with when I was like 12, 13, who I considered to be my older brother because he would like do all, like he would just look after us and whatever. And he saw Nirvana. In wow. Elster Hall, and that's uh, the, Kings Hall, yeah, was, Kings Hall. Was that the one where he collapsed or something? You see, he had to get taken to the hospital and stuff when he played in Belfast. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, um, that whole black, that black and red jumper he used to wear is, I think, the urban legend is that he got that from somebody in Northern Ireland. I think that sort of uh, black and red jumper they always because I can't remember it was when he collapsed on stage. Or, so, or he liked it from so, I can't remember the exact story I'll have to look it up actually to find out but it's one of those urban legends he told yeah some, somebody from Northern Ireland gave that to him you know <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my dad was a drummer back in the day and his band supported Jimi Hendrix when he wow. played Mandela Hall on his wow. 21st birthday 
So you've got pretty awesome parents. You got a you got a mum. You got I know. You just don't think it when you're a kid, do you? Yeah. You're so just like Dad oh, played parents. with Jimi Hendrix, mum wrote for uh, two thousand AD, both of them used to do reenactments and stuff. That's like cool, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, you just don't think about it when you're a kid. Do you? I mean <laughs> and now I am like, Yeah, they were cool. <laughs> yeah, my, I don't think my, my parents did anything cool like that. I don't think there's any any stories other than that my dad was an architect so he he designed a load of stuff in in belfast but um apart from that they didn't sort of do any cool things like they were in bands or anything like that oh well i had obviously all the a1 parenting was happening over in my house (laughs) can't be sharing too much of that around (laughs) oh man um so what's um what is it you're doing next what's going what's coming up so the biggest thing there's there's a lot there's a lot happening because I I don't I've never been like I don't think I've got like ADHD or whatever but I get bored really easy so I just do everything all at once and I'm like you know if I'm doing like a vocal warm up I'll I'll be like I should be lifting weight at the same time because that maximizes the time rather like you know all, I'll just do all of this all the time and it, and it's stupid to be fair so um the big thing I've just launched is my Patreon page, which is um, death underscore Ingloria, which is the same as all of my um, socials. And I am doing album number three on there. Oh, wow. And the reason I put it behind Patreon, mostly because if you don't come in and follow the story, it's like you'll be completely lost in what I'm doing because I'm literally like showing the writing of this story from from the ground up so like starting with the characters and then we'll be going over the development of the characters and there's a podcast where i'm sitting down with other creatives and talking about the process not the process of making it but we're literally making it we're having a conversation about making this story this enormous story so the first two albums are and comics are really short like one is seven pages and the other one's like 12 pages long so they're really kind of short comics but this next one's going to be a graphic novel for sure and um i'll probably have written it as a novel to start with and then we'll make it a graphic novel so there'll be two versions of it and then what i'm doing is soundtracking that but it's also going to be far more like a rock opera in the so for an example the two of the characters are twins and um so when it comes to doing the music for these guys we'll be looking at while they're on earth their acoustic guitars and they 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 are very harmonious together and then something happens and their lives which have been like this their whole time start to go like this and one goes off on a tangent from the other and when they're fighting they become electric guitars and you know all that kind of stuff so it's really thinking about the whole thing as a full piece which is a soundtrack to a massive comic that sounds so nerdy welcome to geek pride welcome to geek pride So that's the Patreon and it's been open for a week, I think. So what I've done, I've just like last week, I kind of stacked loads of um, um, posts on the Patreon so that we've got an outline of the story. And literally, I'm going to be turning on my phone while I'm writing. Um, I'm going to put a phone like just today. I've created a frame that I can just carry around with me when I want to write. I'll just like turn on my phone on this frame and then people can just watch me write. Because okay. it's that's what we're going to do. We're just going to show the whole process. Ask people to get involved as well. Because over on our fans of 
Death and Gloria Facebook page, we write a story most Fridays. Okay. So it's like fan fiction, flash fiction Friday, where we just write a story between us and everyone puts a sentence in or we paragraph or whatever. And doing that, we've already created two of the characters that will be in this new comic. And one is Gagarin, who is a talking cat. Right. And and the other one is called Metamouse. And Metamouse was a normal ship's mouse. And uh, something happened and he got beamed up into the computer like, you know, like Ghost in the Shell or Lawnmower Man kind of air thing. I just watched Lawnmower Man the other day. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to rewatch it that? for research. I, it's, just, it's really weird. <laughs> wow. Like, I haven't seen it for years. And it was just, on, it was on Amazon Prime. I went, holy shit, Lawnmower Man. I remember that being really weird. And I watched it and went, oh my God, that is fucking crazy weird. And I, you know, <laughs> that, Lawnmower Man is one of the few films where the author, in this case Stephen King, asked for their name to be removed because it had nothing to do with his book yeah, yeah. or story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brian Stewart says Sight had for album three. Hey, Brian! Brian is one of our major fans over in California, I think. And so randomly, right? Random dude. I can't even remember where I picked him up from. Oh, yeah, so I do a canadian um internet the twitch show where uh, they have bands from the geek any kind of geek band can play anybody doing music and anything that's remotely geek can play can play on bonus stage fan on twitch anyway so i was playing that and brian joined us there and it turns out i know people that brian knows you seem to know everybody (laughs) and and from medieval reenactments randomly (laughs) (laughs) like that is really niche you know that is really niche you know yeah but i suppose so, that... hi brian so hi, brian's brian. a twitch subscriber as well as, uh, as our very first patreon which is lovely uh second patreon that's a oh, lie Some brian miss light man yeah second could have been um, number one yeah so the patreon's going on that's going on uh, i've got a new single coming out so we i got booked which is this has never happened before right i got booked on an actual music ve- festival let me let me let me um, go back on that. Okay, HRH Prague has booked me, and that is an actual music festival. But the the this is a three dayer show in July, which is like camping and out in the fields. And um, Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple oh, is the headliner on the Friday. Wow! And Airborne and Skin Dread are the headliners oh, God, on the Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's Glenn Hughes, a bit bit of a did you know? Glenn Hughes mm. is responsible for the care left going under. I will make sure he knows that when I yes. play this festival. If it wasn't for Glenn Hughes, the KLF would still be here. Basically, the Glenn Hughes um, came on for America What Time Is Love by the KLF back in 1992. And he did so well as part of his kind of, he just came out of rehab and it's like, he was back on the scene and collaborated with KLF. It's classic song, fantastic song. And suddenly all these other musicians and singers started approaching the KLF, wanted to collaborate with them. And that point they realized, oh no, we are now part of the mainstream. And just said, right, okay, we're leaving. So yeah, if it wasn't the Glenn Hughes, we'd still have the KLF. Oh damn you, Glenn Hughes. Yeah. Why I oughta. Why exactly. I oughta. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we got booked on this this music festival, right? So I have to also say that I did play Boomtown at one uh, in 2019, Boomtown Festival, Boomtown Fair. Right. 
But basically, I, I blagged my way into playing that because it was part of my, uh, they wanted me to production manager stage and the money was so bad that I was like, I'll do it if you let my band play. So I don't really count that as getting onto a, yeah. onto a festival. But these guys actually chose us out of nothing. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> so we're, we're opening the, like, the Maiden stage, it's called, at a Mid of Stone Festival, which is in Midston. Um, on wow. the, I, love, I love the word play. Very smart. Tw- tw- yeah, 22nd and 23rd of July, and we're opening the Sunday morning course why not um we're first on on sunday morning and i i was so, i'm just like so over the moon that someone has chosen us i mean it's never happened before and i'm like ah! so we're gonna, re- <laughs> we're gonna release a single on the same day as playing this show just you know for a laugh and it's uh, gonna be a metal cover of bo burnham's all eyes on me which um i have put a lot of time energy and money behind making it sound as professional and great as possible so this single is basically like a bridge between the production that was on the first two albums and then the production we're going to go into for the third album which will be a lot higher and you know it'll just be more competitive with everybody else than you know what i've been able to do in my bedroom to this point essentially so that's on the 23rd of july and then in november in november we're going on tour with uh, a Linkin Park tribute band oh. called Linkin Park, and they spell it L-1-N-K-N-P-4-N-K. <laughs> uh, they're very good. They're very good. They're very good. Um, and they're doing a whole European tour, and I'm doing their um, Wales and Ireland leg. So on the 6th of November, we're playing Stoke. Okay. On the 7th of November, we're playing... Um, Somewhere just outside Bangor and Wales, I want to say. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's on the 7th. On the 8th, we're playing Dublin, right? On the 9th, I'm playing Norwich. I'm playing Norwich. They're not. I'm playing Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> on the 10th, I'm playing Belfast with them. And then on the, 11th, uh, on the 11th, I'm playing HRH Prague at Great Yarmouth. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know how... The, that all of those things are going to work together but uh, i've already bought my flights i've already bought the parking at stansted airport <laughs> so i'm all, going to, all's good then There's a lot going on yeah so that tour was originally called go hard and go home but <laughs> i have changed it because not a lot of people would know that i'm from belfast so that's or from that area so it's not and it's not technically home um so now i think i'm going to name it like go big or go extinct or something, you know, like <laughs> go hard or go extinct or something like that is probably what the tour is going to be called. So that's in November. So that's very exciting. And then on the first weekend of December, we have our fifth annual span party. So every year I throw a party that's just for Death and Gloria fans. And every year we it's a live stream and it's uh, in person. And basically, we just have dinner. I just we get food and we sit down and we do all whatever needs to be done. <laughs> and last year, I had another band supporting, and I had like a full production team and stuff. And this year, I'm going to get rid of all that. I'm just going to go back to just me and my stuff because I think it's it, it, you get higher quality actually the less moving parts there are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It just got silly. Uh, you know, I've tried out every year. We try something different. Um, and the fans um, started getting the food in themselves and then 
last year, it, like the tickets included all the drinks and all the food for the day and stuff. Wow, wow, okay. That so you pay one ticket and that's it. So this year, I don't think we'll do that because um, I work for a community library in Crystal Palace and that's the venue we use. And they really need to make the money on the bar. So um, yeah. I think we'll do dinner and then the bar won't be free this year, but the ticket price will be smaller. But that's what we do. That's a lot going on. I know, right? <laughs> no, right. And I'd have weekly live streams on a Thursday night as well. So there's a lot. It's a lot. Wow. Okay. I'm literally. When do you sleep? <laughs> I only like I sleep. I do actually sleep a lot. I used to only sleep four hours a day, um, yes. but now that I'm an old lady, I sleep a long time. Don't a say that. Time. We're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel I'm like older. I feel like you know. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm past the sort. Of, I've got, I I think I'm stuck in my sort of kind of mid twenties. That's sort of kind of where I'm sort of my my mental. It doesn't. My it mental doesn't have that. You still yeah. think that when you're fifty, sixty, and seventy. <laughs> well, that's it. When you're when you get into your what are we, where are we like middle almost middle age now? We uh, just resort resort back to being kids. <laughs> I mean, I I don't have any kids, so all my money goes on band and geekery. Oh, we I've have three. three. Oh, well. Yeah, make your own bed there, love, don't you? Yeah, you I, yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I don't have kids. I've got a, I've got a very expensive dog, um, and uh, yeah, that's really kind of why. Because <laughs> when I first came on, uh, Kalina's just like, are you, are you, are you streaming from a store? <laughs> like, you know, and you're not the first person to say that to me. I do it when I'm in work. Uh, you know, like a load of the a load of the clients and stuff. It's like, uh, are you sitting in your own store or something? I was like, no, I just have zero self control. Unfortunately, mm. this is what ADHD does to you, and you just you just buy pretty things for the dopamine, and that's what it is. But yeah. I I buy audio cables or different types of cables, or decide that I need twenty um neon broad lights that I need to like wire them in tomorrow and put them on my next stage and all the rest I think Pete you saw my stage show at- I did yeah it's a lot of neon no, Beaut- yeah, that was beautiful beautiful it was a beautiful to watch <laughs> so I basically created this monster of a spaghetti cable mess that like if, I'm also a stage manager and if I if an artist had turned up the thing I turned up with on one of my stages I'd be like, you're not fucking plugging that in anywhere, love. Get it off. On the stage. program for the last <laughs> SFW, there's yes. literally a half hour gap between you and George Coppin, the comedian that came after you. I'm pretty that was just so you can mop up all your cables and set up the takedown. Uh, well, the takedown doesn't actually take that long. I, I, don't, I don't need that. That makes me sound so unprofessional that it would take half an hour to get me off the stage. No, it's fine. Uh, it was because the cosplay thing was still on. So I ah. played during the cosplay competition. Um, ah. Essentially, I start half an hour before the cosplay competition. And then no one wants to play during that. So yeah. it just, uh, yeah, that's why. That's why there's such a massive gap between me and the next guy. Okay. So not for my takedown. But also, <laughs> also there was a two-hour gap between the people before me and me playing, which well, I yeah, <laughs> that that was just for because they went to sleep. Yeah, but 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 I have to say to anyone who's now watching this, thinking I'm going to turn up with a spaghetti mess of really dangerous cables, I've just paid a very professional lighting engineer to solder all my cables correctly, and now I've got the wonder ship. It is the Starship Enterprise. Of uh, like strip light pole pole lights pole lights. There's twenty of them. It's amazing. 
Actually, there's 22 because there's two spares. But anywho. Right. Sorry, I'm getting uh, loads of people adding stuff into the chat. I'm just sorry, trying to uh, make sure I keep a, a chat because I don't think I've got a chat bot sorted. So uh, carry on, Pete, while I sort this out. Okay. Well, what genre? I mean, you mentioned before, like it was like symphonic rock before. What genre would you call Death and Gloria? Is it is it symphonic rock or is it? I mean, I didn't find that. I don't think I've ever used the term symphonic rock in my life. I think rock opera was probably that, what yeah, I said. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but I, so so basically, the only way to describe it is as a rock opera, but actually, it's got nothing to do with operatic music at all. There's yeah. no uh, operatic. So, um, I like to think of it as prog pop rock, prog rock pop. Okay. But I would like to think of it as metal, but I also, it depends who the audience is. So if it's a metal audience, it's a metal band. If it's a rock audience, it's a rock band. And if it's a prog audience, it's a prog band. So, <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, I have all these, I purposely built all these things into it so that I could change it for the audience. You know, so if it's a comic con, then we, we push the comics more than anything else and, we, you know. If it's rock bands, then we push the rock band. Yeah. But it's hard. To, it's hard to know where all of it fits in together and where the actual audience is, because even though we've got this tour and we've got this festival appearance, at the, you know, I'm only really playing like three music venues outside of those those shows yeah. this year, which is really disappointing. And I had a show booked in like March I think and it got cancelled because of poor ticket sales um, and that was in an actual music venue so I think like the small music venues are suffering an awful lot well anything is suffering ticket wise like advanced people aren't buying advanced tickets and whatnot so everyone's suffering but the comic cons have exploded so my main shows and all my you know all the any any money I'm making out of this and you, you don't really make any money but you know there is you know my biggest clients this year are comic cons and if it wasn't for the cons i'd be you know i'd be like looking at this going is there any point if i'm only playing like four or five shows yeah. a year that's that's not enough you know so thankfully um anime league have kept me well in work i love those nice. guys they are so nice um also like sci-fi weekender and mcm comic con london that's now our next one on the 26th i want to say of this month i'm playing mcm london on the fringe stage at 1 20 in the afternoon uh and then that sunday uh, sunday or uh, 28th i'm playing otaku link which is the first time oh. ever playing otaku link it's number six it's in derby um oh, and um, that's what, where i'm based okay cool well i expect you at otaku link then Attack uh, link. when is it Sorry. 28th of may Okay. Sunday, it's a Sunday, and they want two sets from me, so it'll be the only oh. time this year that I'll play both albums from back, from start to finish. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, okay. that'll be the only, the only show I'll do that for because that's a special, and um, and that's a Japanese and anime based yeah. um, festival, so that's a new one to me, and um, it's lovely that these guys are now approaching me. So I'm obviously getting to a point where people are seeing the band which is nice because before it was just me like going can I have a gig can I have a gig and I will play the opening of an envelope but it needs to be the right envelope that's all yeah. I'm saying right I'm happy to play for nothing I'm happy to play go thousands of miles to go and play a gig for naff all as long as it's uh, a good looking envelope that's all I'm saying <laughs> yeah well yeah I mean, the presentation's everything well that's it that's it I mean I'd love to get some international cons 
Um, I did the World Sci-Fi Convention in 2019 in Dublin, which oh, was yeah. lovely. And technically, I played the New Zealand one in 2020, but it was a live stream. Live so, do we count that? Uh, I think we do. I think we do. <laughs> yeah. So well, there was there was one to be in Washington. I don't know if it's this year, but there's there's one like the next year's in China, and it would be great to you know, go to the World Sci-Fi Convention. But um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, okay. thing. We love there. Matt, mm-hmm. we have questions, do we not? Um. Yeah. Well, I'm just. Uh, I'm still amazed that the uh, the whole thing. Oh, just I moved this off onto. Oh, sorry. I'm pissing around with things, trying to get things work here. But it's. Uh, apologies. Get this off. And get this off. Um, yeah, so, uh, it's just, that's, I'm just sort of amazed by the small worldness of this all and stuff, <laughs> but to be honest, <laughs> I just think it's quite funny that when you came on and you spoke to me first, I thought you were pissed taking the piss and putting on a Northern Irish accent, and you went, no, I'm from Northern Ireland, and I went, holy shit, and then it turned out that we went to the same places and they were the same people, and, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's been a, uh, it's been a good trip round memory, uh, down memory lane, uh, for me. Do you know Matt Young, by the way? Do you know mm. a fellow that was, he's a graphic designer now? Vaguely rings a bell. Do you know Dave, do you know Dave Foy? Or <laughs> Dave Foy or John Hughes or... <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe. Don't maybe. Know. Yeah. Don't remember. Maybe. Anyway, uh, anyway, there we go. Yeah. Okay, so what we're going to do is, and there's some people complaining, where's the geek stuff going on? Well, far, far, you know. It's what, Northern Irish geek. Yeah, what, what's going on oh, behind you? There's, there's a lot of nerdy stuff going on behind you. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but what we usually do, what we usually end off the uh, the podcast with is sort of like a um, nerdy pop quiz, but it's like 20 questions. So you think of a franchise that you're into, oh, preferably God. one that will <laughs> everybody knows something about. <laughs> So, um, you know, it could be Star Wars, could be Marvel, could be DC, um, could be something like that. You've got to think of a character, and then we've got to ask you questions to name that character. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, it's not uh, scary as I thought it was about to be. No, no, no. <laughs> so, um, we usually do that. Uh, you got your, tw- you got a minute to do it. Uh, so we've got a minute to guess. Um, again, oh. we'll we'll think of one, and you have to guess as well. And um, that'll be uh, that'll be it, uh, Pete. Do you have anything for us? I do. Right. Is, be- it, is it is it going to be super obscure? Nope. It is in honour of Galena Rin's mum. It's it's from 2000 AD Judge Dredd. How's your 2000 AD uh, Judge Dredd's knowledge? Non-existent. <laughs> Sorry, my mum only wrote for them, but I, I don't understand because I wasn't. They're not cool. Yeah, I never. I didn't read them. I didn't read them. I was too young. Okay. See, I was going to say, my 2000 AD knowledge, Judge Edmund knowledge, is is minimal. I know some, but not all. So I don't think right, I'm going to... Well, the people in the chat can guess, right? I mean, it's open to mm-hmm. everyone, right? I know, but they have to ask questions. You've got a minute to do it. Yeah, so, um... oh. Okay. Okay. Are, are, like, if it's Judge Dredd, right, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of characters I know, right? Are okay. you actually alive? Okay, yes. one, minute, one, minute, one minute. Let me do that. Let me do the, uh, the, let me get the timer right, and then we'll do it this way. If you think you're going to be able to guess it, timer. Okay, so uh, we want stopwatch. So you've got 60 seconds. Judge Dredd, 60 seconds, go. Are you actually alive? Yes. Um, meal? 
No. Female. Yes. Are you Judge Anderson? No. <laughs> okay, that's my knowledge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Uh, let's try and think of some other questions. My Judge Dredd knowledge break. Um, are you? Are you psychic of any? Are you? No, not psychic. Do you? Um. Oh, what's the name of the the other judge? Um. Female. Is she? Is she a judge? Yes, she is a judge. Um. Ah, oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, God, does it begin with an L? No, it does not begin with an L. Oh, God, no. Um, I don't know, man. My Judge Red knowledge is absolutely pants. So, uh, yeah. Judge Hershey. Hershey. Yes. Ah. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, Judge Hersey, right on the dots, right in the right in the dots. Nice well one. Well done, Galena. For, for someone who does not know Judge Red, well done. Yeah, nice one. Um, Google, Google is our master. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I what sort of what sort of what sort of franchise are you into? Your Star Wars, are you into your Marvel, are you into your Lord of the Rings or anything? What's your what's your what's your poison? And I'll see if I can think of one. Oh, uh, I thought I was supposed to do one. You can do if you've got okay, one. Okay, so if I, I don't want to tell you what my favorite one is because that will kind of help you guess. Okay, so what? What's Does that your, make sense? Oh, so what's your, what's the franchise? Uh, and then we'll go for that. What's the what's uh, the name? Am of I the, doing mine? Yeah, if you've got it, we'll do yours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's aliens. Oh, okay, okay, pulse rifle up there. Okay, <laughs> right. Both of us are big aliens fans, so hopefully this will go well. Um, so aliens, um. 60 seconds go um are they a colonial marine yes are they a male male no uh, <laughs> are they vasquez yes <laughs> 12 seconds oh, geez. So, so when i was when when aliens was on tv the first time it was on TV, right? It was 1989. I think it was on ITV, right? And yeah. my parents sat me down to watch it on the TV when I was like, I don't know, six, seven years old. And every set, every um, weekend from then until I was too old to get up at weekends, I watched Aliens all like every morning, six o'clock in the morning, get up, put Aliens on because we tipped it. We must have tipped it off the TV while we were watching it, as you did back in the day and just watched it for every day and then it got to the point that i would just stop watching it after vasquez died because she was my idol i wanted to be her i wanted everything to do with her uh, it was amazing have you read the book um vasquez aliens vasquez you, do you know what you're gonna hit this but i actually don't read it's, it's like what... i can't i can read <laughs> <laughs> um i'm just not a reader i've never been very good at reading I don't know, like if that's a audio thing. Like, right? I'm the same. Yeah, audio books are the way forward. Audio books are the same. I, I can only listen to things. I can't yeah. read. Well, I'm. So the, I can't. I don't read. Well, I'm like <laughs> I. I enjoy you know reading, and I got like I've got a massive library, but uh, I've really got into um I've really got into um audible and i've got oh, yeah, like yeah. i've got so many books on there so i do a lot of warhammer 40k stuff sort of on the uh horace heresy stuff but um aliens vasquez by v castro who was on this podcast uh, a couple of months back um sh- that's an that's an audio book now granted the 
I'm not a massive fan of the the lady who does the audio. I think she's a good actress. It, she's just not great at doing other voices and stuff. So it's all very similar. But if you just want to hear the story, it's a really good story. Uh, it's about the Vasquez family. It starts off about Vasquez, but then sort of kind of moves on through her lineage. Effectively, it's a good it's a good story. Oh, um, nice. But yeah, audio books are great because you can just sort of you can do them whenever where you're sort of kind of driving, you're walking down the road and stuff like that. And I find like I don't read a lot anymore i just listen to the audiobooks problem with audiobooks is they can't be made or broken by the actor who does yeah Yeah. and we've had sort of um gareth powell he was on here he's got some uh load of books and i was like he was telling me about them and i was like i've got i'm totally all over those and i put the audiobooks on and i just the the audio was you know i just didn't get the the actress, uh, the actress, actor, um, um, be a bit more PC, Matt. Uh, the, the, oh, I've got a beep, beep, beep. Why is that happening? Okay, timer. Stop beeping at me. Um, yeah, so it, it just it just did nothing for me, and therefore it killed the whole sort of kind of momentum of me wanting that. So I decided I'm going to buy the books and just read them because I know they're going to be good. It's just that the audiobook just doesn't the narrator yeah it just did nothing for me but it's like you know there's so many i've got really i've got particular um actors and stuff that i really like to have in my audiobooks now and if they're not there i'm just like yeah i'm not listening to that you know because it's yeah when authors do their own ones sometimes it ruins it like if if they're like i have a couple of music industry ones that i listen to and they're public speakers but they're not they don't know how to start and finish sentences when they're you know, they're obviously editing as you know doing little splices as they go, and they just don't get it. <laughs> they no. don't get it. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so I'll do mine. Um, are there any other? I, I could do another aliens one for you if you wanted, but um, is there anything else? That Red you... Dwarf's pretty uh, good. Like Red Dwarf knowledge. There's not a lot of characters in Red Dwarf, though. That's the thing. You're you're... There's loads of characters in <laughs> yeah. Red Dwarf. Uh, They're just one-offs. <laughs> mm, I know, but the ones... Because... They're quite. I think they're quite easy to guess. All the main ones, and I've only watched Red Dwarf. I haven't watched any of the more most recent ones. I've no, watched. Oh, actually, <laughs> watching. I, I've seen some of the sort of clips and stuff. But I haven't watched any. Of the, I've only watched the some um, of the recent Star ones. Star Trek, Ooh, Next Generation, probably. Ooh, yeah. Next Gen. Next Gen. Okay. Okay. That's my era. That's my era. Have, did right you watch there. Picard? By the way, did you watch? Picard? I started it. You know what? I started it, but you know. This is actually you're gonna hate this as well. I have not actually seen Game of Thrones past season one, right? What? And this is exactly the same reason why I have not watched Picard because I hate getting to the end of a season and not being able to watch what comes next. Yeah. So if I can't, I'll just wait until it's done and then I'll watch the whole thing. Yeah. And, I, and I realize Game of Thrones is is now finished, but it doesn't appear on Amazon or. Um, netflix so therefore it doesn't exist to me oh yeah it's yeah it's i read the books um before because i obviously it was filmed in northern ireland and it was filmed in the village where i'm from Uh, a lot of it was filmed in like the fields and sort of kind of one of the sort of edwardian estates and stuff and a lot of my friends were extras and and but um i started reading the books that it came out so i started watching it and I was just like, it was it was torture because I knew what was happening as it was coming along. And people were just like, oh, I'm, I'm glad this. Oh, I really like this guy. And I'm like, oh, they're going to die. And so <laughs> I get really sort of like, oh, I got to do it. But yeah, it, it, you watch the first sort of five seasons are good. And then it goes rapidly 
downhill from there unfortunately it's um it's a bit of a shame because it's amazing the books are amazing uh it's annoying that he hasn't finished them but the series literally takes a nosedive pretty you know it's not bad bad at the end but it's it you it's know atrocious. It, it gets yeah <laughs> it, it goes it gets it's just like they've they've made their money they've given up caring and they just sort of they just spaff a really complicated like it's it's a beautiful series it's you know it doesn't tie in exactly like the books but it's still good in its own way until it gets to sort of kind of like season six um when it's just like it starts to go downhill very quickly and yeah it's rather upsetting when that happens and stuff but uh so yeah yeah i'll be sure not to bother with it then yeah I mean, no, I think it's, it's, it's you know it's it's not like it's just because I was I'm, I've read all the books and stuff, and so you've got preconceptions about things. Yeah. And there's, Matt, it's I've not read the books, and to me, season six, seven, eight were atrocious. Yeah, it was just an absolute fallacy of a, a screenwriting, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, um, just just don't bother really. They completely killed it. I mean, great great start, fantastic middle, completely shit end. Yeah, they just. Yeah, I think they had they had a really complex story with a lot of really good characters, which, which, and they which they tried to simplify into yeah. six episodes. Yeah, and they really simple. They tried to oversimplify it, and they killed it. And there's some of like at the end, it's like this, like oh, we need the end their story, we need the end their story, we need the end their story, and they just go chip 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 chip, and you're just like, what the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> and the ending is the most disappointing thing. I'm not ruin it for you because you may watch it one day, but it's just you're just like, what the hell are you doing, man? What the hell's going on? So. Yeah, I yeah don't get me started about um, Game of Thrones because I'll just rant off about it for a while. Um, okay, so I'm not doing Game of Thrones. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I could do next. So next gen, next generation, next gen. Okay, so let me think of a character from next gen. Um, I don't want to do a main character. Oh, okay, I've got one. I'm not sure if we've done this one or not already. We may have, but. Um, Okay, so next gen, Star Trek, 60 seconds, go. Are okay. you male? I am male. Are you human? I am human. Are you ish. Federation? Um, ish. Ish. Um, I am not Federation. Okay. Uh... Are, Are you, you Vulcan? I am not Vulcan. <laughs> And so you are male, is that correct? I am technically male, yes. Are you Klingon? I am not Klingon. I am human. You said ish. I know, but it, you'll get you'll understand when you find out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not I am. For all, I am, and for all intents and purposes, a male human. Okay. Are you, in, uh, are you in the first episode? I'm not in the first episode. Are you in? All seasons of, start of nope. the next generation. Nope. Okay. Okay. You got one more question. You got one more question each, and then you can guess. Last. That's it. It's like the more you think about it, the more it goes away. Um. Okay. Uh, I'll give you. Are you related to the bridge crew? Um. Right. I have no direct relation to. I. Uh, okay. I, he, th this person is in, he's in one episode of Picard and he's in two episodes, I think it's two episodes of Next Gen, but he's a character you'll know. 
He's a big. Oh. Were you in the first Star Trek? No. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try and throw out <laughs> some more. I'll try and throw out some more. We're uh, so bad at this. Okay, if I was to say, I, I think you're probably going to get this now if I say this. Hollow Deck. Oh, um, you are Moriarty. I am Moriarty. Yes. Uh... <laughs> That's why I said. And we just spoiled it. We'll just spoil it for Gillian, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, I was just saying more. Um, I was just going to say he's. That's why he's humanish because he's not really human. He's a hologram, and yeah, he's not he's really human at all. Yeah, he's he's he's, uh, <laughs> he's like he's a hologram. Though you know, does he have sentience? You don't know. You know, it's like him. And I think he's only in two episodes because he's in he's in one episode, and then the second one, I think it's where he takes over the ship, isn't it? And yeah. then they stick him in that cube, the hollow cube, so he can go off with uh, his girlfriend uh, forever exploring the stars. Um, but yeah, yeah. So Moriarty. And there you go. Okay. And now you've ruined Picard. There's no point. Bart, no, I, it's no it's point a very, it's a very, very sort of brief, <laughs> it's a very, very brief cameo, but it, it's sort of like one of those cool sort of like, it, it ties in. Picard has got a lot of flack, um, but it's, it. I really enjoyed it. Um, Pete didn't appreciate the, uh, uh, the last uh, episode, I don't think, or the last season, but I, yeah. I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I thought, you know. Yeah, I started watching it, but you know, I was just a bit sad that he was so old. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I just don't want to remember him that way. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I, yeah, I, I think it's quite good. I kind of like him. Do I like that sort of? It's like him when he plays Professor X and Logan, where he's like old and he's just sort of kind of. I, I kind of like that. He's got that bit, a bit of vulnerability about him as well, um, mm. which is good. Um, so yeah, um, I was just good to see all the old crew back and stuff and. You know, I just thought it was a, a good... I, I kind of preferred it over Discovery. I wasn't a massive... Discovery, I didn't mind, but I kind of preferred it over Discovery. Uh, and I'm kind of glad they only did three seasons and that was the that was it and stuff. They didn't mm. sort of kind of milk it too much. So, yeah. Did you guys watch The Expanse? Oh, yes, loved we love The Expanse. Yeah, yeah absolutely amazing it. series. Yeah, yeah. Last, last, ser- last season, um, a bit rushed, but still a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. It's I, just... I really I really loved it, but I did think they had a shut-in season, which I did not appreciate the first time mm. around uh, when they're on the planet. That's just because oh, right. all yeah, I've said yeah, about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I didn't appreciate it the first time around, but I've because I'm busy, my my new album story is not that dissimilar to Ex- the Expanse. It's oh. um, I'm having a class war in space essentially, <clears throat> so I had to like watch the Expanse several times just to make sure I was not stealing from them <laughs> straight out because it's yeah. really quite similar. Um, uh, but so when I watched it like maybe the third time, that shut in series season makes far more sense to me when yeah. you're thinking about backstory and actual like story creation, which is um, which is nice. Yeah, that's it's 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 potentially some of the best sci-fi that has uh, has come out, and it uh, in recent years. Yeah. And I, I um I'm I kick myself because I only got into it um at the start of lockdown I think and only because like Pete and like lot were kind of going you got to watch this you got to watch it it's like the best thing uh in sci-fi and I didn't 
want to believe them because it was on the sci- <laughs> it was on the sci-fi channel. I was like, it's gonna be fucking, it's gonna be like Sharknado. It's gonna be cheesy. It's gonna be like, it, you know, and, 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 Pete, and Pete likes Babylon Five and stuff like that. So you know, he's really I like Babylon it, Five too. Yeah. I was a big like I when I was a kid, I loved Babylon Five far more than Star Trek, just because I could never believe that humans would be so nice to each other. I'm like, of course they're gonna be growing flipping coffee and other <laughs> drugs in the thing and they're going to be paying rent under their whatever's um so yeah that one yeah. is a big one combat readiness yeah. there's an anime coming apparently yeah free, in a few days time yeah yeah, yeah and good. Bruce by by uh Jinaika and has got some of the original cast involved as well oh really Nice. So I yeah, hope they got better at acting. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, see, that's it. You know, it just didn't do a lot for me. And I, uh, and when because it, it was on like it was on sci-fi, <laughs> and I was just like, it's gonna be pants. It's gonna be pants. And then it moved to like it was on Amazon Prime. They'd been banging on about it for so long. They talked because it was originally an RPG, uh, paper and pen RPG, uh, and then obviously they made it into the series. Uh, but was there books and then the series? Actually, was it books then the RPG or was it the RPG first in the books? No. Sorry, was, what, what are you talking about? Babylon on five expanse yeah originally it was a series of books yeah yeah so books then rpg and then obviously became uh, did the series and um i was like fine it's on amazon prime i've got it i'll give it a whirl and i was absolutely hooked and i i literally hammered all five the first five seasons when it was on like within the space of like a couple of days and like i just hammered through them i was like that is the best sci-fi i have seen in years absolutely amazing loved it and uh yeah yeah yeah. and and the season the last season was as much as it, it could have had a little bit more and they did rush it over i don't think they could they explained it well enough over six episodes but they did it justice enough not to leave a bad taste in my mouth at the end of it and stuff so it was you know all in all just amazing you know just for it's the small things it's the fact that because of inertia the the ships um reverse towards planets yeah. stuff like st- silly things like that i love you know the fact that I they didn't, just I, that completely confused me i didn't even think about that you know yeah. At all, and I asked my my husband, I'm like, why are the ships going backwards? And he was like, well, this is how gravity works. Yeah, keeps like, going. Oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and you see, like, because <laughs> obviously you see all these spaces, and they're always going head in. So the thing is, if you go and want, you're going to keep on going because of inertia. So they have to basically use their thrusters to sort of kind of slow them down, and that's why they're backing up towards planets yeah. and stuff and i was like that's amazing the science and stuff you know the fact that they use real guns and they use sort of like believable science behind it all and stuff it's just like yeah yeah it's good great sci-fi it's great sci-fi. um yeah so i think like amazon saved it yeah yeah so it got cancelled and, and then yeah. amazon picked it back up yeah yeah, yeah but we're did. not done are we we're not done yes that's- um that's it done as a series there is a re- Persistent room is that the other books that never got made um, into the TV series could be made into feature films, but that is currently purely rumour and conjecture and nothing concrete has been confirmed. Well, I must have missed the last series then because the thing I watched it not was not the end. I'm pretty sure. Did you I'm get the, sure. it's, the sixth season? There's only six episodes. There's six yeah. episodes on. Oh, yeah, maybe... 
I don't think yeah. I've seen the six then. This is the best show ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's like like I said, it, it's it's slightly. It's, it's definitely slightly. not over when I watched the last one. So yeah. yeah, I think it's because I've been off Amazon Prime for a long time. I've just been uh, like living. Oh, do you know why I've been living in Netflix? It's because I'm doing um, Breaking Bad and. Um, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. I've just finished recently. So good. So yeah. good. Yeah, because yeah. That, that is a major reference to like a reference piece, reference art piece for my set third story. Because like every mm. shot in that is amazing. So I want every illustration, every panel of my comic book cannot be thrown away. It has to be like Better Call Saul. Like everything has to just be the best frame that you could possibly think of doing. And, you know, you have to bathe yourself in those references when you're creating stuff. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going into X-Files next. As oh, soon as God. I've done with well, oh, all his X-Files, I'll be going oh, into. God, I've not seen the uh, X-Files in, uh, in a very long time. No. It's just because it's been skilling him. As, I'm only going to watch his episodes. So I'm basically deep diving into everything he's done. So all the X-Files episodes that he ran and uh, all that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, it's been a it's been a blast. It's been uh, absolutely amazing <laughs> to uh, have a, a a walk down memory lane with you. Um. Uh. Of no doubt, we can have a, a carry on with further conversations about uh, the the venue, the Dirty V, and uh, Northern Ireland Life hashtag Northern Ireland Life. Um. But it's been a pleasure. Um. Is there any so any websites? Uh. Any uh socials that people need to check out yes if you just go to deathandgloria.com that'll get you everywhere except for the patreon page which is brand new it's not even on the website yet (laughs) so if you're a pit if you're a patrovian by nature which some people are uh so go over to patreon.com forward slash death underscore and gloria and i'm death underscore and gloria on pretty much everything including twitch and whatnot and i live stream on a thursday night about half it on Twitch and Facebook. Nice, nice. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, for me tonight. I've been it's been lovely. It's yeah. been lovely. <laughs> for tonight, I've been Matt Gary. With me has been Peter Allison. Good night, everyone. And our very Northern Irish guest, Galena Wren. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.